This is Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. I am Dan Home, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. Soccer Weekly presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. We have got a massive, massive show for you here in the uh, next hour here on a special Tuesday edition of Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. So much news to get to. What's on tap tonight on Soccer Weekly is sponsored by Pocock Brewing. Visit PocockBrewing.com to see what's on tap right now in their tasting room. Pocock Brewing Company, embrace life, drink good beer. And it is going to be a good show and then some good, you know, crack open a Pocock Brewing beer. One of their brews, sit back, enjoy the show. We're going to be talking Major League Playoffs, Major League Soccer Playoffs, I should say. Liga MX, Brad Friedel's in the news. Is he? Yeah, he is. And uh, Josh Gassman from the Corner of the Galaxy podcast, one of my favorites. He also does a show with that, Corner of the Galaxy. He's been covering the Galaxy for a long time. He's going to be joining me to kind of break down and work up the minutia that is the mess that is our L.A. Galaxy, my L.A. Galaxy. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. That's always a fun way to interact with the show. And don't forget the phone number, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, the number if you'd like to get involved. But if you have questions for the show, again, you can also uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. You can follow me on Instagram, Dave underscore Denholm, spelled like my name. And it is time for a big week that is soccer here. And it's just, I'll tell you what, MLS playoffs are uh, coming at me right out of the jump, coming at you right out of the jump with it. And the thing about the MLS playoffs that uh, intrigue me the most is the fight that Toronto and New York Red Bulls got in. A little brouhaha, not a fight, but there was an incident. Uh, Josie Altidore and Sasha Kleston started getting into it on the pitch on the second half of their second leg in the Eastern Conference semis. Toronto goes on to win that series, but Altidore and Kleston get a red card in the tunnel at halftime. I don't know if you saw the video that came out, and, man, it was it was pretty intense. A lot of people in that tunnel, which is usually the case. It's not just the teams or referees walking through there. A lot of times there's fans on the edge. Uh, teams got to be careful with that. But apparently Altidore and Kleston were red carded for their participants or partaking of that fight. Or I won't even call it. It wasn't a fight. It was just a, a dust-up, if you will. Nothing, No punches were thrown, as far as I could tell, or anything like that. So now Toronto FC is actually appealing because they move on, but Josie Altador gets a red card. Get this. Sebastian Juvinko got a, a second yellow. Not a red card for that game, but a second yellow in the playoffs within the two games. He's got to miss the first leg of the Eastern Conference Final against Columbus Crew, the Save the Crew. Hashtag Save the Crew. What a story that is. As they held on to beat NYCFC after building a 4-1 lead in the first leg, they hold on, losing 2-0 in the second leg on the road, but still, they had enough to get by. So, save the crew. And they may end up uh, going to the MLS Cup if they can get by a depleted now Toronto team. Toronto still got a lot. They're going to have to go into Columbus in that first leg and kind of be specific about how they want to handle that. That's November 14th. Now, remember, there's time off now for the international window that's coming up. So the Galaxy, I beg your pardon, the MLS playoffs. I wish the Galaxy were in the playoffs. That's a Freudian slip right there. The MLS playoffs don't begin again for the conference finals till the 14th and the 21st. So, uh, you know, just got a little time in between to think about it. I don't hate that. We don't need to be uh, bumping up against the international window. Columbus versus Toronto in the east, Houston versus Seattle. And uh, we'll definitely take a look uh, at these series a little deeper as well. 
what I love about Columbus, yeah, they're riding the wave, but I said it last week's show, which actually was Friday because of the crazy schedule that is ESPN LA 710. I believe every professional team in America plays on ESPN LA 710 at some point. So we have all the rights to virtually every team, I think, except for the Dodgers. Fairness, I want to mention the L.A. Dodgers, of course, in L.A. Every other team that plays sports in America is on ESPN L.A. 710, and that's why we get moved around a little bit. We are happy to have that here, no question. But the last show was Friday. I talked about how Columbus is riding a wave. Somebody asked in one of the Twitter questions that came in at Talk Soccer, they asked me specifically, can they ride that wave to a title? I said no. And Columbus Crew's wave to the title is going to end in the conference finals against Toronto. However, with now these red card, well, or these suspensions, I should say, one red card to Josie Altidore and the two yellows throughout the playoffs for Sebastian Tavinko, well, Columbus's uh, window, if you will, cracked open a little bit more on route to what could be an MLS Cup. I still think TFC is the team to beat. They're the best team I've ever seen in MLS. They need to take the MLS Cup back with them to Toronto once and for all, or win it in Toronto, as it were, which would be the case. And I don't believe the Western Conference has much of a threat to that. I said that last year with Seattle, and look what they did. Don't mind you. So, But there will be a little revenge on the minds of Toronto if they get there again. Houston takes on Seattle, the Dynamo. Very nicely dispatched with Portland. Well played on the road by Wilmer Cabrera's team, who's terrible on the road usually. And I had a little incident, uh, not an incident, a little, I guess, moment with Wilmer Cabrera at the MLS draft. And uh, we were hanging out behind the scenes in the uh, media area. Wilmer very, had just gotten the job not that long before then. This is uh, Wilmer Cabrera, the new Houston Dynamo coach. And we just kind of had a little moment, you know, the, hey, hey, how you doing? You know, just uh, nothing big. We just uh, sat there chatting just uh, very briefly. Nice man, though. That doesn't mean I'm picking Houston to go win the MLS Cup by any means. But uh, Cabrera, I do believe, has had an influence on that team. They have been dreadful on the road. That's going to be crucial in that second leg in Seattle against the Sounders, who will have a massive crowd. I do suspect it'll be a rematch of last season's MLS Cup. The difference is, and while I thought Toronto would win last year, I thought Seattle was certainly worthy and really could do some damage. Now, in a one-off, you never know. Realistically, the Western Conference is garbage this year in MLS. Hot garbage. And the East is where it's been. So I'm sticking with my initial prediction, Toronto, and I thought they were the best team I've ever seen in MLS. I do believe they're going to win the title. If you have your prediction, let me know. At Talk Soccer, you can fire it off there. If you want to uh, uh, chat about what you think of these uh, MLS playoffs thus far, 877-710-ESPN. It is a special Tuesday edition of Soccer Weekly. Dave Denholm hanging out with you. 877-710-ESPN or hit me up on Twitter at Talk Soccer. And I love this one from one of my favorites. Yanks call it soccer. Great podcast. At YCIS on Twitter. Just tweeted in, Josie showed more fight in the tunnel than against Trinidad and Tobago. Ouch. Ouch, but true. What makes that uh, tweet hurt more is that it is true. That is a soccer ball to the privates right there, that tweet. (laughs) That one hurts. Cover up when that tweet comes in because it's absolute truth. A truth uh, soccer ball missile right at your privates as Josie did show more fight. That's the problem with Josie Aldador. Talented, yes. All the skills, yes. 
Can score goals? Check. He's got all the gifts physically? Check. Unselfish? Absolutely. He just loses his mind too often. How can you rely on a guy that's going to go ahead and get that kind of stupid red card when you know your team's in line to move on? You know your team's an absolute favorite to win MLS Cup. You've had a brilliant regular season as a team and as an individual, and you go pull something that stupid. And this is not the first time Josie has left you scratching your head. And that is the problem. That is the issue with Josie Altador. Every time he sucks me back in thinking, you know what? I think he's matured. Guy's good. I like him. I've always loved Josie's skills. But he always he sucks you in only to pull something like that. He's the J.R. Smith of MLS. Just when you thought is how you start a sentence that begins Josie Altador's career book. Like, the, the book on Josie Altador's career's first sentence is, just when you thought, dot, 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 that's not good. That's not good for any athlete. And it's unnecessary. And it's frustrating. But the tweet is right. He did show more fight in the tunnel. So maybe he wants it, and maybe he's ticked off about what happened in the World Cup qualifying? I know I am. I'm not over it. Wanted to throw up earlier today when somebody asked me about it, in fact. But you just can't do that. This guy's being paid millions of dollars to win a title for Toronto FC. Millions. And you go and potentially throw it all away. At the very least, you've hindered your team's chances. Because, look, Sebastian Javinko gets dumb, you know, gets a yellow card and then gets another one. Okay, it wasn't the same game, mind you. Remember, two yellows equals a red. I hate that rule. Hated in the World Cup. I hated in MLS playoffs. But it's not as though Javinko, you know, just blatantly did something so stupid to get a red card like that, like Josie Altador did. I mean, that's just frustrating if you're TFC. So we'll see how it affects it. I mean, Columbus is riding high. They really don't have anything to lose. Columbus just can go out and play. And the Houston-Seattle series, to me, is like decorations. Again, I know in a one-off situation, any of these teams can win. I do get that. And, look, Seattle, until you beat the defending champ, they're the defending champ. So you got to give them praise. you got to like what they've done. And you liked, I like their team. But there's no reason, no, absolutely no reason, why Toronto FC should not win this if they keep their heads on straight. Absolutely no reason. This is Soccer Weekly presented by Puente Hills Toyota here on ESPN LA 710. I'm Dave Denholm hanging out with you. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, the number to get involved. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer, like so many of you are doing, you can follow me there. Don't forget the uh, podcast of Soccer Weekly. I know when we're moving the dates because of all the things going on here, because ESPN Los LA is so prominent and powerful there's a lot of moving parts here at night soccer weekly gets moved around a little bit the podcast on itunes subscribe rate and review it then you don't have to worry about it and so many of you have i really appreciate what's going on with the podcast too it is a big part of what we're doing here on soccer weekly still got to talk league amakis no question coming up josh guessman Corner of the Galaxy podcast, big uh, big fan of that podcast, and I love Josh personally. Good guy. He'll be joining us next here. Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm on ESPN LA 710.
Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Dave Denholm with you on the home of world football here in Southern California. Presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LA today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. And when you do, remind them that you heard it here on Soccer Weekly. They are a huge supporter of the beautiful game here in Southern California. And we truly appreciate their support. You can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. We continue the conversation here with my friend, from Corner of the Galaxy, uh, the podcast, he does a show there, and he's always covering the Galaxy. He's been doing it for a long time. I love him, and I'm happy to have him on. Josh Gessman. I, Josh, it's a pleasure. I wish we could talk about happier times with my L.A. Galaxy. Your, I wish we were talking about the conference finals and previewing them, but unfortunately, there is news out of the Galaxy, and it's kind of the news that we'd never like to hear. It's all the cuts they had to make from uh, guys who don't belong anymore. Yeah, Dave, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, if you've been an L.A. Galaxy fan for any period of time, you're expecting to uh, be talking about the playoffs, be talking about another MLS Cup run. Uh, that's not happening. The L.A. Galaxy, though, are uh, at least seem to be making some moves. Uh, head coach Siggy Schmidt has come in, uh, said he wanted to make a whole bunch of changes, Dave, and it, and it looks like those have finally come in. Uh, the L.A. Galaxy at least started with, uh, it looks like, cutting ties with uh, a bunch of homegrown players. When we talk about the homegrown players and how important that they are to Major League Soccer, but uh, in this particular case, the Galaxy have eight. They're getting rid of five of them right off the bat, and there could be uh, more to come. You know, Josh, what that points out to me is actually Siggy is in complete control. You know, we always talk about, well, who's really running the show? They can, you can have a press conference saying, yeah, we're turning everything over to this guy. We see that in sports. We see that in every other sport, too. But you just don't ever really know. To me, this is just a clear-cut case that Siggy Schmidt has to absolutely revamp the Galaxy, and this is his first move in doing it. Yeah, I mean, certainly you look at uh, what uh, what general manager Pete Viannis had done um, with the club over this uh, particularly bad stretch of, uh, of, of the year, and uh, the LA Galaxy have had to make some changes. Siggy Schmidt, given the opportunity to have full control over all the players, uh, you know, Jack McBean, homegrown player, one of the longest tenured players with the LA Galaxy, Nathan Smith, homegrown player, Jaime Villarreal, Jose Villarreal, Raul Mendiola, uh, all five of these guys, homegrown players. Um, a, a lot was talked about, I think, in the preseason, Dave, whenever you said, you know, how, which way are the Galaxy going to go? And they talked about going younger. They talked about relying on the academy system, on LA Galaxy 2 and the lower division. And these guys were going to be some of those guys. Um, whether or not they got a fair shake uh, it, throughout this season and how it all played out is, is sort of up to everybody's interpretation. But right now, uh, they're no longer with the LA Galaxy, or at least they'll be released fairly shortly here. Now, I, I've heard that it won't be maybe the absolute end for some of these guys. They could possibly re-sign guys after not picking up options, as we always have fun with Major League Soccer and options. Uh, but for right now, I think this is a pretty clear message from Siggy Schmidt that uh, the LA Galaxy Academy wasn't good enough, uh, that these players weren't good enough, and uh, he's making some changes. Josh Gessman joining me from the uh, Corner of the Galaxy podcast. I don't know how you haven't listened to that podcast, but if you haven't, you should check it out for sure. Josh, you talk about the Academy. Before we get back to the uh, big club, with Siggy now redoing and revamping and everything, where does the Academy stand? Who are the players maybe that you've seen that you think could be that next generation that might finally break through? Yeah, I think the big one that everybody's talking about is uh, Efren Alvarez. He came through the LA Galaxy. Yep, yep. That's that's the guy. Um, he's he's the guy who everybody seems to be talking about. Um, he's I think 15 or 16 years old. Uh, got his first professional contract with LA Galaxy two now. 
Um, you know, lots of people are saying that it might not be too long until he reaches the senior team here, Dave. So I think if you're going to watch one guy in particular, he's the one they have a lot of hopes pinned on right now. Chris Klein used the words world class potentially with him. So on this very show, in fact, so I am excited about him. I love what I see out of Efren Alvarez with a cultured left foot for sure, but he's definitely a two-way type of player with two feet and everything else. I love the skills. Now let's go back to the big club and you know, Josh, I am a guy who loves the LA Galaxy. You know that. But I tell the yeah. truth, right? They were the worst team in MLS. I said it since about May. I stuck with it. And unfortunately, it proved out to be the case, even after a decent little run there with Curtinolfo for a while before the wheels just fell off. Gal- you cannot talk about the Galaxy season without talking about injuries being a fact. I don't care. I am not a masochist. I'm not a guy who just goes, you know, wants to look to run people out of town. The changes have been made. We're rebuilding now. This is a team, Josh, with the, a couple of moves, crucial moves that need to be done. If they're done, I genuinely think the Galaxy can compete in 2018 for an MLS Cup title. Am I right or wrong? And why? It, 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 you're, you could be right. I don't want to sit on the fence on this, but the Galaxy have gone out and said they need at least four starters. So already you're starting this season and, and the off season knowing that you probably need a right back, you need another center back, you need a goalkeeper, and you need a striker, and they've needed a striker and a right oh. back since the beginning of this season. Yeah. Um, so those are the four places. So if you're smart, if Siggy's smart, he goes out, he invests wisely. Remember, they can't buy their way out of this, Dave, and that's sort of the, the big thing. Yes, they're going to have some allocation money, but there's lots of restrictions that go with targeted allocation and general allocation money in Major League Soccer. So just simply throwing a splash and cash down isn't going to work. All three designated player spots are filled. you got Giovanni Dos Santos, Jonathan Dos Santos, and Roman Alessandrini. I don't expect any of those guys to go anywhere. So you're not going to be able to just splash, you know, six, seven million dollars down and get a world-class striker that, you know, is maybe on the, on the downward side of his uh, career, but at the same time could still be really effective in Major League Soccer. So Siggy's going to have to go out. He's going to have to turn over some rocks. And he's going to have to find some players, and he can't miss on any Dave, you could be right. They could go to. They could be an MLS Cup contender. There are some pieces there. Uh, Roman Alessandrini is definitely a piece that uh, you know the LA Galaxy want to build around. Bradford Jamison. We talk about young, homegrown players as a kid who really tr- started to show something at the end of the year. So maybe you're going to see something out of him. So there's there's pieces there that you can build around. But if you miss on any of these, and again, I'm talking about four starters you're going to have to integrate into this team, and everybody else is going to have to stay healthy. They didn't have any depth this year. We know that, and you talked about the injuries. That decimated them. That forced them to have to play a lot of these young players. So, absolutely, yes, and we've right, you know, but they can't miss. Here's the thing. They can't miss. You're absolutely right. Is there the possibility that they make some massive move? In other words, Frankly, it would have to be both Dos Santos brothers leaving. Yeah. You know, is is yeah. there that possibility or is that just off the table? I think it's off the table. Yeah. I think if you're if you're an outsider looking in, if you're asking, you know, uh, general manager Josh and GM Dave, I think we both pulled the trigger on moving both Dos Santos's. I, th- I think that they, I think you could find a place in Mexico that would gladly pay the money for him. I don't think you'd lose any money, uh, and you'd open up two designated player spots. Maybe that's too much change. Jonathan Dos Santos is the better Dos Santos brother. I'd like to keep him. But if you can't keep both, if you can't keep nah, you one, can't, you have to get rid. Yeah, you have to get rid of both. Can't have a so, designated player playing that defensive midfielder when you're not when you don't have a forward anyway. Look, you gotta you gotta put your DP money and MLS into scoring goals. I've said it from day one, ever since the rule came into effect, and that means 
supplying people and scoring, not just a striker. You know, David Beckham was the perfect example of a great designated player for many reasons. There's other factors. But in this day and age, you cannot have a designated midfield. By the way, Jonathan Dos Santos is a fabulous player, like Josh just said. Giovanni Dos Santos can be a very good player with the right guy with him up front. But if you don't have that, you have to rebuild anyway. Yeah, that's that's the move I would make uh, if I were the Galaxy general manager someday. But that's the move I would make. You'd have to just really clean house. Alessandrini certainly would stick around. He has been uh, really a revelation. So it's not as though all the business went awry for the Galaxy in 2017. It just did not happen on the pitch. We're talking with Josh Gessman, Corner of the Galaxy podcast. Check him out on Twitter. It's at Corner of the Galaxy, right, Josh? I don't want to get that wrong. At, at, at Galaxy Podcast. Oh. I think we may have even oh. stole that one from you at one point. Nice. Galaxy At Galaxy Podcast. Uh, even better. But the Corner of the Galaxy podcast is a fantastic show. Check it out. Josh, let's just lay this out with the MLS playoffs staring us in the face in a position we don't like to be in, which is out and uh, looking on the outside in. What are your thoughts on the, uh, the Eastern and Western Conference? finals coming up i think this was always toronto's to lose uh even missing uh, altador and, and giovinko uh, i think they're still going to be a, a pretty big team to uh try to overcome columbus though has the story saved the crew uh, it wouldn't surprise me if columbus makes it all the way but for my pick it's toronto and in the western conference i'm going to say houston upsets seattle um houston just seems to have that uh, that run in them right now so houston over seattle houston toronto toronto wins it yeah you know what else houston has a lot of talent they are loaded, and Wilmer Cabrera knows what he's doing on the sideline. So I, I don't disagree. I think Seattle, probably with the home field advantage, might just be enough because Houston is not a good road team somehow. But, Josh, always a pleasure, buddy. It's been too long. It's been just such a dismal season. I almost didn't want to talk about the Galaxy too much, and I didn't want to put you through that. But now we can look back and start to look forward, more importantly, to 2018. Check him out on the Corner of Galaxy podcast, at Galaxy Podcast on Twitter, Josh Gessman. Josh, thanks so much for taking the time, buddy. Thanks, Dave. You bet. Appreciate that. He is a great guy and a uh, dude who knows his soccer and knows my LA Galaxy. Always appreciative of that and of Josh coming on the show here for the first time, and it will be the first of many, I'm sure, here on Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Denholm. This is ESPN LA 710. It is Soccer Weekly. Now, in honor of Josh and I talking in the Galaxy, uh, Mario Rees, my great producer, I put him to, to work earlier this week because I saw Atlanta United had put out a fantastic highlight reel of this season for the an expansion team scoring buckets of goals, you know, for fun. They ended up, Mario, with like something over 60 goals this yeah. season. It was sick and so many great goals, highlight real goals, just boom, boom, boom. And I thought, you know, uh, we have to put together for the show a highlight reel of my L.A. Galaxy. And, Mario, I put you to work on that. Now, in fairness, Ooh. I had the idea, but Mario did all the work, if I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, I had to, I, He had to go track that. That was everything. tough, Dave. Yeah. And I made sure that, uh, you know, I gave him the, the inspiration, the idea, but I'm not going to take all the credit. No, yet. no, we got it done. We got yeah, it done. We though. got it done. But, Mario, you were the guy who put in the most of the work for this. So in honor of the Atlanta United putting out that incredible highlight reel, I'm going to play for you right now the 2017 L.A. Galaxy highlight reel here on Soccer Weekly. Yeah, that's it. There we go. It's done. There you go. Yep. That was the highlight reel in its entirety. Pretty much. Unbelievable. 877-710-ESPN is the phone number to get involved. We're going to take your phone calls coming up. 877-710-3776. So stick around. We're going to have those phone calls and more uh, tweets at Talk Soccer as well. Really appreciate all the interaction that's going on. We will continue it coming up. Second half of Soccer Weekly here on ESPN LA 710.
Soccer Weekly ESPN LA 710 presented by Puente Hills Toyota. The U.S. men's national team roster was announced for that friendly upcoming against Portugal. Man, that is just a kick in the gut. It is. I said it earlier. It's a, uh, a free kick right to the uh, personals. That game just hurts me to my core, and we'll break that roster down. I want to take your phone calls at 877-710-ESPN. Hot off the heels of my interview with Josh Gessman of the Corner of the Galaxy podcast, talking about my L.A. Galaxy and some of the cuts that have been made. Let's go to the phones at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776 to do what Yossi in Fontana has done. He's first up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunham. What's up, Yossi? Hey, not much, man. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, I just want to say that I'm actually pretty excited about these uh, prospective new signings. I know Josh mentioned that we needed four starters, and that's exciting to me. Um, I really don't think that McBean or uh, Viral, you know, did very well. Uh, McBean had plenty of time. He was a youth national team member, youth World Cup uh, member as well for the national team. So, you know, he had lofty expectations on him, and he didn't, you know, exactly meet them. I'm sure he'll find another club, but I just don't think he was right for ours. And um, I just can't wait for us to just, you know, to, to do something better, to do something new and to build because this is a learning experience. And if we don't learn from being the worst team in MLS, then we're in big trouble. Well, no, that's a fair point, Yossi. And, you know, the thing about McBean and Villarreal, people have to remember, is they're not 19 anymore. Yeah. These guys are middle-aged soccer players by all like, by all realistic accounts now. They've been around for a while. And the problem I've had uh, with McBean and Villarreal is, look, it's not even a problem. I can do the eye test on these guys. I don't need an analytics computer. I don't, I've seen enough. They're just not quite at MLS level. Now, they have their moments. They have some skills. They're certainly fine players. They're better than I would ever even dream of being. But a guy, Absolutely. especially like Jose Villarreal, Yossi, and thank you for the phone call. I really appreciate it. But a guy like Jose Villarreal just did not have the the speed of play, the quickness needed. He has skills, and we've seen them on display. And it's kind of tantalizing with a guy like Jose Villarreal. It's why he'll probably get another shot somewhere where you're just like, wow, he does have a lot of skill. But it just not quite fast enough in terms of speed of play. Now, remember, when I talk about that, you know what I'm talking about as a sports fan. It's not quickness or speed exclusively. It's not how fast can you run the 40, otherwise Usain Bolt would have gotten the shot with Man United. It's speed of play. It's the thinking. and You know Jose Villarreal has the skill. He just can't quite pull off the quickness part with it to play at MLS level. And it's just too many times we've seen it. And if you haven't seen it, you haven't really been looking hard enough. And that's okay, too. I like the guy's skill. He'll get another shot. Maybe somewhere else. Maybe he'll fit in a little bit better. Maybe he'll go play uh, you know, a different country. Who knows? That's the beauty of soccer. It's a big world when it comes to the beautiful game. And speaking of world, the United States taking on Portugal coming up in just a few days. The uh, full U.S. squad was announced by the interim uh, head coach, Dave Sarakin, who, of course, was on Bruce Arena's staff, and he's uh, basically hung out since Bruce left and will take over for this match. Uh, some notable uh, people who aren't on the roster, Christian Pulisic, Jonathan Gonzalez, and a, a guy that I want to mention again, and I've mentioned him on the show previously, and I just, I've just i mentioned him on social media, at Talk Soccer, and we'll get to him in a moment. But when you're talking about Pulisic, look, everybody freaked out at first. Like, where's Christian Pulisic? Who cares? He's he's at Borussia Dortmund. And dude, give the guy a, a week or so off. The guy's been playing nonstop, it seems. Yeah, he's young. He can handle He probably would have been willing to come play against Portugal, but 
it's all right. It's not a big deal that he's not on the roster. I really don't mind that at all. I do like the roster in terms of seeing some guys that I want to see on the pitch. There's a couple names that I'm not giddy about seeing again as well. We'll break that down a little bit. What are your thoughts on this roster at 877-710-ESPN? For the goalkeeping, it's fine. Jesse Gonzalez, FC Dallas, I would love for him to play. Bill Hamid, he's now moved to Denmark, leaving D.C. United on a free transfer once again. MLS just decides to let a a good asset just kind of, oh, well, see ya, out of contract. No transfer fee over the years, no nothing. And from Club Rouge, Ethan Horvath, who will probably get a half of a game there. I would imagine Dave Sarakin may split up the time at goalkeeper. And I would like to see Jesse Gonzalez and Horvath actually get that time. But I, I suspect Hamid will be the one who gets the call. Defenders, John Brooks comes in from Wolfsburg, who's been struggling with injury. It's not a bad idea if he's healthy. Cameron Carter-Vickers, I've always liked what I've seen out of him. He's young, but why not? He's on loan at Sheffield United. Eric Lehigh of Nottingham Forest, he's had some up and downs with the U.S. in limited time, what, 13 caps. I've seen some good things. I've seen some not-so-good things. Matt Miazga from Vitesse, who's on loan from Chelsea. Tim Ream, Jorge Villafania coming in from Santos Laguna, and DeAndre Yedlin. Now, the only issue I have with the defending, well, I don't even really, it's not even really a big deal. It's a matter of who plays. Now, John Brooks is coming off a pretty long injury spell with Wolfsburg. Hasn't really seen much time. I really don't want to see him play. So I wouldn't have called him in. And not because I don't think, John Brooks is the future. He's good. He's got to get healthy. He's fine. I would just rather see some younger guys, like Cameron Carter-Vickers, let him play. Let Matt Miazga and and Carter-Vickers try to team up. And maybe that's what's going to happen. So we'll see. Kellen Acosta in the midfield with Tyler Adams. I love that from New York Red Bulls. Love Tyler Adams. I'm not so sure why Alejandro Bodoy is here. Really. Do we not know enough about him? He kind of like goes against the grain here of who's been called in. Lyndon Gooch. Weston McKenney with Schalke. Oh, man, this kid's good. He's really coming on. He had some rough times with Schalke early in the year. And Schalke, to their credit, could have dumped him. Could have put him back on the bench for good. He had some rough games. But he's really starting to find his way. He's starting to really grow into himself. The kid's got confidence. He's got all the tools at that defensive midfield spot. He's tough as nails. But I also like his skill. And that's something I think we've lacked over the years at the defensive midfield spot, often in the United States history. It's all about, oh, just go destroy. Go destroy offense, Mr. Defensive Midfielder for the U.S. The problem is he usually def- destroyed our offense. And I like what Weston McKinney can do. He passes the football. Danny Williams, another one from Huddersfield. A little older, but I like Danny. He's one of the guys who has maybe the most experience on this team, this particular roster. But I really like him. And Kellen Rowe, very talented for New England Revolution. He better be getting a lot more playing time with the U.S. national team going forward. The forwards are Juan Algadillo, Dom Dwyer, C.J. Sapong, and Josh Sargent, the kid from Werder Bremen who has played in two World Cups this year with the under-17s and under-20s and earned it. Don't tell me. I saw on social media people saying, oh, he hasn't earned it yet. He got to earn No, he's earned it. He's earned it. He's good enough. Call him up. See what he can do in training. Give him some experience. Maybe he gets a few minutes. He's earned it for his service with the U.S. national team, without a doubt. But the uh, notable absence is Jonathan Gonzalez of Monterey. The one reason they did that is Monterey is, of course, one of the best teams, if not the best team in CONCACAF right now as a club team, and in uh, Liga MX, and they're getting ready for Liga. 
So it was a good decision is to keep him back. You don't need to see him yet with the U.S., but boy, do I want to see him in the U.S. national team jersey going forward forever. Oh, he needs to play for the U.S. And Christian Ramirez, all this guy does is score goals. I don't care what level he's played at, NASL, MLS, all he does is score. Why in the world have we not seen him more with the U.S. national team? Let's go. Get him in there. That's the one that I really have a problem with. But I'm interested in that game. The problem is it's just a gut punch. That game is an absolute kick in the uh, stones. Because when we see the United States playing Portugal, who will be at the World Cup, and it's a big game, and it's fun, and it's all blah, 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 we're not going. And Mario Reese, I say that, and he shakes his head immediately. He's right. I was shaking, yeah. Yeah, you just can't Got help it. Got the chills, it. everything. I mean, I wanted to throw up the, when uh, one of the – Mike, the producer from the afternoon show here on ESPN LA 710, mentioned it again. I wanted to throw up again. Every time I'm seeing people now, they know me as the soccer guy, so that's the first thing they ask, literally. And I don't blame them. It's a big story. But it's just – it's absolutely a free kick to the privates. I can't take it. And you know that feeling right now. Do me, do me a favor. It, this is painful. But we have to feel this as U.S. team. A ball to the privates. See, my stomach just dropped. And that's just the way it feels. That's how bad it was that night in Trinidad and Tobago. And that's how bad it is still for me. And this U.S. game is not going to help. In fact, quite the opposite. Hey, speaking of uh, Ligia, we still got to talk Liga Mackings coming up. The UEFA playoffs and everybody's favorite stoppage times all that and so much more still to come soccer weekly i'm dave Dunham, and you are listening to the home of world football here in southern california espn la 710 soccer weekly espn la 710 i am dave Dunham, and you are listening to the home of world football here in southern california we've covered a lot of ground we still got a lot of ground to get to i want to take a phone call at 877-710-ESPN it is world cup playoff time both in uefa and elsewhere and joining me now is george in anaheim george uh, thanks for taking the time to make the phone call buddy appreciate it welcome hey thank you um actually i'm calling from van nuys oh hey welcome from van nuys sorry <laughs> that's okay um love the show uh just a question about what do you think about peru versus new zealand this coming up friday yeah you know um, at first blush george everybody will say oh peru's gonna you know come on they're gonna walk all over them. but there's a lot of pressure on the peruvians now uh we, we we have to see what happens with the provisional suspension there what was it guerrero yeah for uh, peru yeah, potentially there with the uh with the uh random drug testing and I, I thought Ricky Herbert, the coach of New Zealand uh, back in the 2010 World Cup when they were there, he wrote a great article, and I don't, I'm not just saying this because it's ESPN FC, uh, part of the family here, but he really broke down what New Zealand has to do, George, in this match. And to me, he, he got a lot of things right. Uh, it's a tougher thing because you're going to Peru in that second leg, and I think that's going to be the difference, George. Instead of New Zealand having that home leg last, you know what I mean? I think having to go to Peru after the first game. In other words, New Zealand's going to have to be perfect at home and really come out and pour it on Peru. And I just don't believe Peru's defense is going to let them do that. I really I really think this is a mismatch. Not to say it's going to be a blowout because New Zealand's got some talent, but to me, Peru is the clear favorite. How do you see this? No, no, you're right. Actually, um, Peru has a lot of players um, playing in Europe. So I guess they're, um, you, they're ready for, I mean, playing with the uh, New Zealand 
football style. I guess they're they're a little bit upgraded, I guess. Yeah, I would look for, and, you know, Herbert mentions it in the article, the only thing I'd see is maybe New Zealand on set pieces can be dangerous against Peru. I think that might be an advantage New Zealand could have. You know, you nick a goal at home, you keep it 1-0 potentially, make sure New Zealand doesn't get a goal a road, which is easier said than done. But it's going to be a tough task, George. I believe Peru is going to the World Cup. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you for the phone call, George and Van Nuys. Appreciate that. Let's take a look at uh, Ligia first. We got some uh, Liga MX to talk about. My Toluca Pachuca update is really one sided because Pachuca, gone. Get out. They do have a match that does matter for the playoffs, but just not for Pachuca. Coming up on Friday, they take on Atlas. Remember, the top eight teams move on to Liga, and right now, Toluca clinging, hanging out of the side of the mountain at 26 points, just two points ahead of Necaxa, Atlas, and Cruz Azul. All in action, of course. Atlas playing Pachuca on Friday. Saturday, Cruz Azul takes on Veracruz, which might as well be playing the ESPN LA 710 uh, soccer team. Veracruz is that bad. So uh, that looks good for Cruz Azul. Leon takes on Chivas. That game matters because Leon's only on 26 points, as is Toluca. And then Necaxa and Morelia. Uh, that's going to be a good one. Monarchs are just on 26 points as well. So, so many things could change here with, for Toluca, who waits till Sunday. The good news is Toluca will know what they got to do. They take on Tijuana on Sunday at home. So, And that's an early kickoff here, Pacific time, 10 a.m. So, Toluca, really in the driver's seat. I love my uh, boys in red. You know that. Tijuana has been dreadful, but that scares me. I'd almost rather they be playing a decent team and know that they really, you know, they'll know what they got to do. Again, that's good news. And if they win, they're in, essentially. Just get, the, just get the W and let's not screw around. If you win, you're in. Go beat Tijuana at home. Come on, if you can't do that, shame on you. Tijuana's been uh, pretty up and down and uh, most of the time not really played inspired football. So that is your uh, Toluca Pachuca update. But, oh, man, I cannot wait for Ligia. I really think Toluca, and maybe it's just my red-colored glasses on here, I really think they got a shot to do some damage in the playoffs. Again, it's a tough situation when you maybe only qualify as a six seed or this. You know, you really got to be, you got to be almost perfect to get through the Liga playoffs. But so what? They can do it. I really believe that. And now we have the UEFA playoffs. So speaking of playoffs, now this is for a trip to the World Cup. We talked about Peru, New Zealand. I'm not talking about Honduras and Australia. I don't care about that one. At the very least, the U.S. should have been in that game, so it makes me sick. I'm not talking about that match. That one, I'm not even going to watch th- those two legs. I'm really not. I can't take it. I will not watch that. But we do have the uh, p- playoffs going on in UEFA coming up Thursday. And uh, there's Thursday, Sunday, then Friday, Monday, and then Saturday, Tuesday, the two legs. And, man, dude, this you talk about pressure. These playoffs, whether it's Peru, New Zealand, all oh, these playoffs are just incredible. Remember, you don't qualify, you don't go. That's what uh, your Uncle Dave always says here on Soccer Weekly. Let's take a look at some of these. Northern Ireland, Switzerland. Switzerland has got to be, they were 9-1 and one in qualifying. Nine wins, no draws, one loss, and couldn't win their group. 9-1. and one. That deserves an ouch. And uh, new, so uh, Switzerland is the favorite against Northern Ireland, but man. Michael O'Neill's gang, I'll tell you, they know how to they know how to get the job done. That is a scrappy Northern Irish side. And with a lot of talent, mind you. I mean, these are not bad players, but they play together. I like what Northern Ireland does. I'm I'm concerned if I'm Switzerland. Croatia, Greece also starts on Thursday. That is 
anybody's. I, I, I don't care. People will tell you Croatia is so much more talented. You know what they are, but they just don't seem to always put it together. Greece knows what they want to do. That has come at you hard defensively and hit you on the counter, and they're not afraid to play nil-nil. They're not afraid to make it a short tightener. They will take this thing to the bitter edge. I do like Croatia maybe with the, with a little bit more magic if needed, if they can pull that off, but I would not be shocked if Greece wins that. Sweden and Italy do not count off the Swedes. This is an impressive team when you consider Zlatan just retired, right? And you figure, okay, it's a transitional time. Sweden's been very, very good. And Italy, look, Italy likes to make it difficult on themselves. We know this. They just don't ever not qualify. I do believe they're the favorites in this. I do think they'll get through against Sweden, but I would not be surprised if this is literally one nil after two legs, maybe even nil nil, and going to P. Like, that's how Italy is. They will just squeak through. And then Denmark, Republic of Ireland, you can flip a coin on this one. People will point to one guy for Denmark, Christian Eriksen, who's so skilled. Yeah, he's got to be big. Keep an eye on Thomas Delaney. Thomas Delaney could be the difference for Denmark in this one, and I suspect they will just hang on and barely get by. But it would not surprise me if Martin O'Neill's team, the Republic of Ireland, get through either. I mean, it's going to be very close. You know what's not close is how much everybody is a consensus pick as the thing when it comes to Soccer Weekly. It is, of course, stoppage time. The great producer, Mario Rees, always joins me at this time and stoppage time. Mario, welcome. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. So a legend is hanging up the boots after playing his last game with New York City FC. Andre Pirlo thanked the fans on Monday, the day after getting bounced out the MLS playoffs. Pirlo's just a flat-out winner. He won the World Cup in 2006 with Italy, won twice in the Champions League, won in Serie A a number of times with uh, Juventus and uh, Milan. What a career and a pleasure yeah. to watch uh, Pirlo do his thing through the years. Well, they call him the maestro, and I know why. You know, like, there's very few of those guys left, Mario, that just pull the strings like he did. You know, the Zidans, the Pirlos. The, there's just so few of them, the way that they can see the game and the way he's manipulated the midfield. Really slowed the game down to where you felt it was a crawl, and then he just killed you. He was incredible. Earlier today, LA, LA Galaxy defender Robbie Rogers announced his retirement as well. After missing the entire uh, 2017 season with an ankle injury, uh, Rogers decided to call it a career after 10 solid seasons in the MLS. And uh, for those who don't remember, Robbie, Robbie came out in uh, 2013 and became the first openly gay male athlete yep. to play in top sports league in the U.S. Robbie thanked his former coach and his teammates, saying, I would, I would like to thank Bruce Arena for encouraging me uh, to return to professional soccer after I came out as a gay man. I'd also like to thank all my L.A. Galaxy teammates for accepting me for the first day I stepped back into the locker room at StubHub Center. Good luck to Robbie, and uh, he's going to be just fine. He's got a lot of things going on off the pitch. So. Oh, yeah, that was huge. I got to tell you, that was massive when he was the first you know, North American athlete to actually take to the pitch as an openly gay man in a, a professional sport. And I'll say this, Mario, uh, a lot of my gay friends uh, love sports. Some of them don't. All the ones even who didn't went to a Galaxy game who were in L.A. that once Robbie Rogers announced that, and they all went to see Robbie Rogers play, not just because the dude is easy on the ice, but also because it was a, a huge moment. 
and frankly, socially, and it really was. And I and all of them went down there, and they had never even dreamt of going to a gallery. They knew I loved soccer, so they'd ask me about it occasionally. But man, they were all over that story and went down and bought tickets to go see the Galaxy because of him. That's uh, that's just the bottom line. Hey, great stuff here, Mario Ruiz and Michael Funches. Man, the cool factor on this one is just off the charts. The two coolest men in radio in the same room helping me out here on Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Dunham. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Soccer Weekly on the home of world football here in Southern California, ESPN LA 710.